Welcome to Get Sleepy, where we listen, we relax, and we get sleepy. My name is Thomas. Thank you so much for joining me here. Tonight's story, written by the very talented Kate, is one of the most charming I can ever remember reading here on Get Sleepy. We'll join an elderly lady as she travels to London by train to meet an old friend. On the way, she reminisces about a memorable train journey on the same route many years ago. While some things have changed since then, others are just as she remembers. Before we hear that though, I'd like to give a big thanks to our sponsor for this episode, Brooklinen. I love Brooklinen's products. They are such high quality, and in my opinion, they truly are as good as described. That's why if you're determined to leave bad sleep behind you in the new year, Brooklinen can help you keep that resolution by upgrading your sleep space with the home essentials you need to unwind and rest well. Now really is the time to invest in your space because the Brooklyn and Comforter sale is here. Their comforters come in three weights, lightweight, all season and ultra warm to make sure you get exactly what you need at bedtime. There's even the down alternative comforter which is a hypoallergenic and eco-conscious option. For a limited time, Brooklyn is offering 15% off comforters or if you're listening after the sale, visit brooklinen.com today and use our code GETSLEEPY for $20 off plus free shipping. That's B-R-O-O-K-L-I-N-E-N.com and code GETSLEEPY. So now, before we begin our trip down memory lane, Make sure you're feeling nice and comfortable in your bed. Adjust your pillows and blankets if you like, and find a position that feels just right. Then, close your eyes and take a deep breath in. Hold it for a few seconds, then breathe out. Try to make the out-breath last a little longer. A long, deep exhale allows your body to relax instantly. Again, breathe in. and out. Remain aware of your breathing as you settle into a natural rhythm. Remember that you can always return your focus here whenever you like. If you find yourself getting distracted by a thought, Just return 
to your calm, steady breathing. Trust that your body will guide you into sleep when you are ready. And now that you are comfortable and relaxed, it's time to begin our story. On a sunny morning in the north of England, an elderly woman walked down the platform of her local train station. Her name was Jane, and she was on her way to London to meet a dear old friend. Jane carried a small suitcase and walked with a spring in her step excited to be traveling once again. Though she was now in her eighties, she was still full of energy, with an expressive face and sparkling bright blue eyes. Her beautiful, thick gray hair was swept up in a tidy bun and clipped into place with a colorful clasp. The kaleidoscope of gemstones shimmered in the light as she continued down the platform. Although Jane moved more slowly these days, she walked with purpose and grace, carrying a stylish ashwood walking stick and she was always immaculately dressed, drawing admiring attention from those around her. Once she was halfway down the platform, Jane stood still to wait for the train. There was no sign of it yet, but she didn't mind waiting. Jane enjoyed watching people passing by and listening to all the sounds around her. She could hear the footsteps and chattering voices of passengers milling around the platforms. There were also plenty of people going in and out of the shops and restaurants on the busy station concourse. In the background was the soothing, mechanical rumble of a train on another platform as it slowly pulled out of the station. Just then, Jane became aware of another sound. A man's voice rang out across the loudspeaker system, echoing gently through the station. The deep voice announced that the train to London was delayed. Jane smiled to herself, confident the train would come soon, 
as it always did. Besides, she didn't mind if there was a short delay. Lost time could always be made up. As Jane waited, she looked down towards the end of the platform, gazing at the empty train tracks. Tuning out of the other sounds in the station, she focused on the distinctive whistles and mechanical noises of the engines on the other lines. These evocative sounds brought back happy memories of the year 1950, when Jane was 17 years old. She recalled standing on this same platform with her family, waiting for a late-running London train. Jane remembered how she'd been standing there with her parents and sister, full of excitement. It had been a windy day, and she recalled her long, blonde hair flying around her face. With one arm, she hugged her cello case tightly to her body. In her other hand, she carried a leather bag. Inside were four carefully wrapped egg sandwiches in greaseproof paper, along with a purse and various cosmetic essentials. There was also a sweet, homemade good luck card drawn by her sister. She'd misspelt luck by accident, adding a letter E on the end. The next scene Jane remembered was sitting on the train and waving goodbye to her family from the window. She could still picture her mother standing on the platform, waving a handkerchief. Her parents had promised to pick her up late that evening when she returned on the last train from London. Jane had been so excited to travel alone to London. She'd won an audition for a place at the prestigious Royal Academy of Music, where she hoped to study the cello. That day, on the train there, she'd felt like she was on an adventure, about to start a new phase in her life. Just as the elderly Jane was reminiscing about this important day, she became aware that the delayed train was arriving at last. It was slowly pulling up to the platform until it drew to a squeaking stop. A moment later, the doors jerked open with the customary clunk and swish. It had been different in 1950, 
Jane mused. Back then, the guard inside used to reach through the window. He would open the door while the train was still moving as it slowed to a stop. The guard would then jump off the train and have a quick chat with the station staff who all knew each other. Then he would turn his attention to the new passengers to see if anyone needed help. The train guard that day had willingly helped the young Jane. He'd guided her to a comfortable, upholstered seat in an empty carriage where there was plenty of space for her cello. In the present, Jane stood on the platform, waiting for the other passengers to get on the train ahead of her. A young female passenger asked Jane if she wanted any help. Although Jane was only carrying a small suitcase, she was grateful for the offer. She accepted with a warm smile. The young woman gently guided Jane up the steps of the train, holding her arm. Once she was safely on board, Jane made herself comfortable in the backward-facing window seat she'd reserved. She carefully positioned her walking stick by her side and placed her navy blue leather handbag in her lap. Meanwhile, the thoughtful young woman placed Jane's suitcase in the overhead storage. She jokingly reminded Jane not to forget it when she got off the train. Jane thanked the woman for her help and assured her she had made this journey many times before. She was confident she would remember her suitcase, as she was always careful to check that she had everything with her before she got off. The young woman smiled kindly at Jane, wishing her a safe journey. Then, she moved down the narrow aisle, heading towards her own seat. Meanwhile, a man's voice rang out across the speaker system, announcing the imminent departure of the train. Jane let out a deep sigh of happy anticipation and put her ticket on the small folding table in front of her so it was ready for inspection. Just a few moments later, the train began to move slowly forwards, soon gathering speed as it left her hometown. Jane looked out of the window, only half listening 
to the succession of announcements coming through the speaker. The man's voice went on and on about the gourmet buffet car, the delights of the trolley service, and the upcoming ticket inspection. There was also a reminder about not putting luggage on empty seats. This announcement made Jane chuckle out loud. She thought of the train guard who had so kindly helped her all those years ago. Back then, Jane had hesitantly asked the guard if she could put the cello in its own seat next to her, just to make sure it was safe. With a laugh, the guard had helped her to lift the cello case onto the seat and position it securely. On the train today, Jane was sitting in a comfortable, backward-facing seat. She liked these kinds of seats on modern trains. It somehow felt more relaxing than facing the other direction and watching the world fly past at high speed. No one was sitting next to her today. So, feeling slightly rebellious, she ignored the announcement and placed her coat and handbag on the empty seat. Across the aisle was a table of four people. Sitting parallel to her was a young couple holding hands, looking at each other lovingly. They spoke in whispered tones, so Jane couldn't hear what they were saying. But she did catch most of the excited discussion between the couple opposite. They were debating whether or not it was too early to open their packed lunch. It didn't take them long to decide. Just moments later, the couple opened a plastic carrier bag that was bulging with food and started to arrange their picnic neatly on the table. This scene took Jane back to the train journey in 1950. She remembered unwrapping her egg sandwiches snapping the cotton tie off the greaseproof paper. Inside, she'd found a little penciled message from her mother, saying, Good luck with the audition, darling. As she remembered this, Jane smiled. She closed her eyes to continue her trip down memory lane. Now she recalled a scene just after the train had left the station in the Midlands. A cheerful, good-looking young man had burst into her carriage. 
he had slick black hair brushed sideways over his head and carried a battered rucksack and a pristine trumpet case. Spotting Jane, he'd asked if there was room in her carriage for him and his trumpet. Jane had smiled and shyly invited him in. The young man then sat directly opposite her, with his trumpet case placed carefully in its own seat next to him. Jane was immediately struck by the young man's confidence, as well as his bright eyes and warm smile. He introduced himself as Jack. Like Jane, he was also on his way to London for an audition at the Royal Academy of Music, as he hoped to study there. They immediately became engrossed in deep conversation about their mutual love of music. They laughed about the fact that their instruments were sitting in their own seats. Hopefully, they wouldn't be charged extra. Just then, the ticket inspector opened the carriage door sliding it to one side. He smiled at the young pair and teased them, joking that they should play a few tunes. As they didn't have tickets for their instruments, Jane and Jack could perform instead. Jack laughed and agreed, The inspector pretended he was too busy to listen, so he moved along the carriage, checking the other passengers' tickets. And as he did so, Jack quickly removed his trumpet from its case and launched into a sensational performance. It was an energetic interpretation of the jazz number Walking the Dog by George Gershwin. As Jack played the last few notes, applause rang out from the carriages along the train. Jack bowed to Jane and then put his trumpet back in its case. Jane had been mesmerized by Jack's charisma and talent. That train journey was the beginning of a lifelong friendship. And it was why Jane, now in her eighties, was traveling to London again. She was on her way to meet her dear friend Jack at their usual meeting spot, Platform 5 at King's Cross Station. Still traveling down memory lane, Jane reflected on the success of that cello audition. 
the letter of acceptance from the Royal Academy of Music had arrived shortly afterwards. But while her family was ecstatic, Jane herself felt a little ambivalent. As much as she loved music, she was no longer sure that she wanted a career as a professional musician. And then, just a few months before her start date at the Royal Academy, Jane's life took an unexpected turn. The sudden change felt like the flick of a switch. It was that quick and that simple. Jane had gone to the cinema with a school friend and watched a film called The Lady of the Lamp. It was all about the life of a famous nurse and social reformer, Florence Nightingale. At the cinema that night, Jane had decided to turn down her place at the Royal Academy. She would train to be a nurse instead. Jack, on the other hand, had gone to the Royal Academy as planned in the autumn of 1951. He'd studied there for three years, training as a professional musician. While Jack was at the Royal Academy, Jane became a student nurse. She was determined to follow in the footsteps of Florence Nightingale at St. Thomas's Hospital in London. After qualifying as a nurse, she worked around the world, always traveling with her cello. She had given up her place at the academy, but she still had a deep love of music. And although life had taken them in different directions, Jack and Jane always kept in touch. When they were young students, they had exchanged countless letters, and the relationship soon blossomed into a mutual love. They looked forward to Jane's nursing career starting, so they could see each other more regularly. But by the time she finally moved to London, both Jack and Jane had busy work schedules. They were so focused on their careers that it was difficult to find time to meet. After a while, they decided that they were better off as friends. But they would maintain their close connection no matter what, as they still cared deeply about each other. So, Jack and Jane kept in touch through the years, writing letters and meeting 
whenever they found themselves in the same city. Their working lives were spent abroad. Jack played the trumpet in jazz bands in the United States, while Jane worked as a nurse across the Middle East and Africa. But despite their busy schedules on different continents, their long-distance friendship endured over the years. As she was thinking about how the years had flown by, Jane's reverie was interrupted by an announcement. The train was now approaching London King's Cross. Jane rubbed her eyes to wake herself up, and then reached into her handbag for her lipstick. She could still apply it deftly, even without a mirror. Then she touched her hair, checking that it was still held in place by the colorful clasp. Jane took a deep breath in as she gazed out of the window. She was so happy to be back in London once again, and she couldn't wait to see Jack. They hadn't seen each other for nearly two years now, though they'd kept in touch by letter. As the train gradually slowed down, Jane looked around the carriage at the other passengers. The young man at the table across the aisle was retrieving his girlfriend's suitcase from the overhead storage. Then he turned to Jane and offered to retrieve hers too. Jane smiled, appreciating this kind gesture. A familiar anticipation swept through her body as the train slowly hissed to a stop and opened its doors. The young man helped Jane down onto the platform and then walked off with his girlfriend, his arm wrapped lovingly across her shoulders. The young couple soon disappeared from sight, lost in the crowd on the platform. Jane walked slowly with her wheeled suitcase, her walking stick tapping rhythmically on the concrete platform. The usual meeting point was at the top of platform five, which was a little walk away yet. But she hoped to be able to see Jack from a distance. When she reached Platform 5, there was still no sign of Jack. She quickened her pace slightly, 
wondering where he could be. Just then, she suddenly became aware of a sound. Above all the noise of the station, she could hear a trumpet, and the cheerful melody was one she would recognize anywhere. It was the jazz number, Walking the Dog. Looking in the direction of the beautiful sound, her eyes fell upon Jack. He was playing his trumpet on the exact spot where they had first stood together in 1950. Back then, they'd been two naive young people, standing in awe in the middle of this huge metropolis. Seeing Jack now, Jane's face lit up. She called out his name joyfully and made her way through the growing audience until she was standing right in front of him. Jack was coming to the end of another energetic performance of their signature tune. As the audience applauded, he opened his eyes and caught sight of Jane standing at the front of the crowd. With a smile, he bowed to his dearest friend and greatest admirer. In that second, it was as if all lost time had been made up.